Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Welcome to church. If you're here for the first time, uh, welcome to the family. Um, uh, you know, I, I really sense there's a hunger in the room um, for the Word of God, but I really want to encourage you to really draw it out, not just out of me, but also receive, because we need to also have spiritual ears to hear what God's saying. And sometimes you think, I'm hungry because I want to, I'm not talking about hunger, that, uh, hunger to entertain me or hunger to tickle my ears. We're talking about hunger, give me the sword. Sword cuts, doesn't it? So sometimes a sword, and so it's a surrendering attitude to God. Say, God, give me the sword even if it hurts. Even if the sword's going to, because Jesus referred, in case you're new to this, Jesus referred the word of God as the sword of the spirit. Okay? And out of his mouth, when they saw Jesus glorified, it was like a sword of the spirit came out of his mouth. It, was, it refers to the word of God. So sometimes the word of God cuts. And um, is that all right? Yeah. So do you welcome it? Yeah. Are you hungry for it? Yeah. Do you actually want to hear from God? All right, fantastic. We're talking about the building a kingdom culture of honor. Building a kingdom culture of honor. Before we dive in, I want to say thanks to the worship team who, who led us so amazingly. We really appreciate them and we honor them. We honor the hard work they put into it week in, week out. I, 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 no, I know I might be biased, but I really appreciate the presence of God in our, in our church, in our family. I really do. I, I'm very, very grateful. And um, I don't want to ever... Take the presence of God for granted. Um, building a kingdom culture of honor. Okay, we're going to go deeper this morning. I trust we're going to, it's going to flow because God's going to let it flow. What is honor? Think about in heaven, first of all. Heaven operates in honor. They always operate in honor. God, this, there, are, there are saints in heaven right now. The book of Ephesians says that there are the family that is in heaven and on earth. So there's everyone that's ever called the name of Jesus, if they passed away, they're in heaven. And they are living life with the Lord Jesus and with the Father on His throne. And there is honor, magnificent honor. I want us to understand the depth of this word because it's not just a word, it's not, just, it's not a subject. It's a reality to live by. Please hear what I'm saying. It's, you know, it's, yes, it's a truth, but we've got to understand what is honor? What's, what's honor? I think honor is very weighty, if I can say it that way. The word honor, this is some uh, dictionary you know, definitions. Honor means honesty, fairness, or integrity in one's belief, beliefs and actions. Honor means respect that is given to someone who is admired, respect or honored, right? It speaks of um, to value someone highly means to have a good reputation, good quality of character as judged by other people. So we value them because we believe they are honorable. Like really, I didn't speak about this morning, but honor is connected to righteousness and integrity. Because the moment you lose righteousness and integrity, you don't have honor, right? So, so please just keep that in mind. When I think of the word honor, the, the best de- biblical definition that I can think of is the word value. To actually value someone. Or, so, so, so we're talking about God because God, honor comes from God first. And when you and I receive honor from God and walk in this honor that comes from God, then we'll be able to give it to, to other people. Okay. If you want to write down scriptures, we've got so much word to get through. 
But my encouragement is write the scripture down because sometimes we can't read the whole scripture. Sometimes it's a whole chapter. If you want to be a good studier of the Word of God and rightly dividing the Word of God, go home and read the scriptures. Actually read it. Don't just say, okay, that was a good message and that really, really, really spoke to me. But go deeper. You've got a choice. This is an equipping time. So I'm here to equip us. It doesn't stop here. It go, you go home and now get the Scriptures and actually go through it and go, Holy Spirit, speak to me because it's your own relationship with God. Amen? Okay. So 1 Chronicles 16 verse 27 talks about the Lord God and it says, Glory and honour are in His presence. Glory and honour are in God's presence. There's heaps of Scriptures about honour being around God. It says 1 Chronicles 29 verse 12. 1 Chronicles Chapter 29, verse 12, both riches and honour come of you, come of you. The word you is face, comes from his face, speaks of his presence. Riches and honour. When you look up the word honour and you do a study, I've done a a lot of studies from the Bible about this word honour. Honour and wealth are always connected a lot of times. If you walk in honour, you're going to have, wealth just follows you. It just, it's sort of the, the byproduct. You don't have to go for wealth. You go for honour. And it just, it, it really does come. But that's, that's just a side note. Because here it says, both riches and honour come of you. Psalms 96 verse 6, it says, Honour and majesty are before Him. Honour is before God. Honour is such a part of God that it's always before Him. God is an honourable God. Did you know that? When you get into God's presence, you're going to feel and sense this honour from His presence. He's honourable Himself, right? So He's honourable. He's got honour. He's clothed with honour. The Bible says that about Him. Therefore, because He's clothed with honour, you come in His presence, honour's going to get on you. I'll talk about this in a moment. Psalms 104, verse 1, talks about the Lord God again. You are clothed with glory and honour. So God's clothed with glory and honour. Think about God's wrapped with honour and glory. And then it says here, just in case we don't, I don't know if I going to say we don't believe the Bible, but we do believe the Bible, right? We do, don't we? Even if the Bible's hard to believe sometimes. I hope you believe the Bible, the Word of God. Because what I have to say means nothing if it's not from the Word of God. I mean that. If it's from the Word of God, then you've got to take the Word and go, I've got to believe that because it's in the Word of God. Psalms 8 verse 5. In your Bible, most of your Bibles will translate it this way. For you have, God has made him a little lower, talking about mankind. You read in its context, actually talking about mankind. So God has made mankind a little lower than angels. If you go to your Bible, Psalms um, 8 verse 5, a little lower than angels. You know what that word angels means? The translators didn't have the, the spiritual guts or the revelation or the actual guts to write down what it really meant. Because the word was Elohim. God has made us, mankind, a little lower than Elohim. Elohim is always translated as the Lord because it means the Lord. And the the, the translators had to translate this and bring it to the king. And if the king wasn't happy with it, they'd get their heads chopped off sometimes. So they just were a little bit, oh, do do we write Elohim? Every other translator, it says Elohim. Elohim was always translated as Lord. Here it's translated as angels. But I believe we were made, as the Bible says, a little lower than the Lord God Himself. You say, well, hang on a sec, God. Hang on a sec, Leo. Well, doesn't the Bible say that God made us in His image and His likeness in Genesis chapter 1? In His image and His likeness. That we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. The Father is God and we're His children. True? God made Adam from the dust of the earth and made a magnificent specimen of a human being and then stooped down and breathed into Adam. 
the breath of God. So the breath of God, God the Father breathed, and that's when he became a living being. His spirit came from God. He was made in the image and likeness of God. Adam and Eve made in the image and likeness of God. True? You believe that? We have to believe that because the next thing is, and has clothed or crowned mankind with glory and honour. So if God's clothed with glory and honour, when He made us, He made us with glory, glory, presence of God, and honour. Mankind was clothed with honour. Right? But we lost the presence of God. We lost the honour. I think the big separation that took place was, it was a massive sever, uh, severing between man and God, mankind and God. The first act of dishonour when it comes to man was Satan whispering, did God really say? Did God really say? If you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll be like God. That's a lie because they're already made like God. Did God really say? The moment they say, ah, oh, it looks good. I should taste it. It's going to make me... It's going to give me knowledge that I didn't have before. I'm going to get something I don't have. And they disobeyed. They disrespected. They dishonored God's command, God's word. True? That was a massive disconnect. They dishonored God and they lost the presence of God. They spiritually died at that moment. Because God said, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. In the Hebrew, it reads like this. In dying, you shall die. Two deaths. In dying spiritually, spirit that was made in God's image, lost the presence of God, lost the nature of God, spiritually dies. Because your spirit's dead, your physical body will die. Because God didn't create us to physically die. We would have lived forever on earth without the fall. Okay, you've, you've got God. It's important to believe this because honour comes from God. I mean, Lucifer was a magnificent angel. He disrespected God when he says, I want to make my throne higher than the throne of God. I will lift myself up above the most high God. That's pride lifted his heart and he disrespected God, dishonoured God. He was cast down. True? That's a dishonourable act to say, I'm going to be higher than God. I want everyone to worship me. Okay, that's a very dishonourable thing. I just want to show us, honour is very, very powerful. Okay, and we're living in a culture. We've grown up in a, in, in, in a culture without honour. Most of us haven't grown up in a good culture. Please understand that. I'm talking about the worldly culture right now. It's not honourable in a lot of ways. Paul the Apostle wrote about in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves, da, 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 and then he says, disobedient to parents. What's, what's that? What's this disobedience to parents? Not honouring parents. The first commandment that God ever gave mankind, he says, honour your mother and father. It was the first prom- It was a commandment, but the first commandment with a promise. The promise was it'll go well with you and you'll live long on the earth. Honour connects you to health. Honour connects you to go well with you. The favour of God will be on you if you honour. We have to honour. So, so remember I said God is honourable. God has honour. He's clothed of honour. Honour is before Him. Honour is just a part of who He is, His nature. You cannot honour others if you don't have honour. True? So when you read the Bible and you actually really, 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 for a thousand million, million, billion reallys, believe it. If you really believe it, sometimes you read the Bible, yeah, okay, that's really nice, yeah, it's okay, yeah. Think about what God has done. We were dead in our sins, weren't we? We were spiritually dead, but God sent His Son, Jesus, to live a perfect life, born of a virgin, obeyed God, died on the cross, and He basically didn't die for Himself, He died for mankind. He raised us up from our spiritual death. 
This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the gospel of the kingdom of God. We were dead in our sins, but God sent His Son to take the penalty, the judgment, consume the judgment of God so that we could be forgiven. Is it just so we can be forgiven? Or to be restored in our love relationship with God the Father. He fully restores us to God. And Ephesians 2, you read it for yourselves. We were dead in our trespasses and our sins, but He made us alive with Christ and seated us with Christ in heavenly places. Now my question is, do we really, really believe that God has placed you and I, mankind, He placed us in the highest seat of the universe, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, and we're seated at the right hand of God, seated with Jesus on a throne. That's the highest place you could ever sit. That's an honourable place. I'm trying to help you see that God has honoured you completely. You can't get it more honoured than that. Now, when you believe you're honoured, hear me, when I know that I'm honoured, and I'm, the word honoured is valued. I honour God, I value His voice. I value His word. I value what He says to me in the Bible. That's value. That's honour. True? So if, if I, my, my life doesn't add up and I'm living a life in a certain way and the Bible says this, honour means I'm going to change my life because I honour your word. Right? Does that, it starts with that. That's where it is. So now I, now I know that I'm honoured because I'm seated at the right hand of God. I actually believe God has honoured me and that breaks me. I get humbled. I get broken. I go, God, you valued me. Yes, I was a worthless sinner but you know what? God didn't see us as worthless sinners. He saw you so valuable that I'll die on the cross for your sins. I believe with all my heart, I've always said this for many years, if you're the only person left on the planet, God values you enough to die, live that perfect life for 33 years and then die on the cross just to save you, just you. No one else on the planet, just you. That's how valuable you are. That's how much He honours you. That's how much your life means to Him. Now when I believe that, what have I got? I've got honour. And if I've got honour, I can give honour away. I cannot possibly give honour away if I don't believe I'm, I've got honour or I'm honourable. That I'm valued before God. The first person we've got to be valued before is God the Father. And that restores you. That heals you. Especially if you've grown up in a broken family. If you've been grown up in a family that's spoke negative over you and you're hopeless, you're stupid, you idiot. What's wrong with you? And all your life you heard those words. They're not words that make you feel valued. You're following me. I want us, I'm going deep on purpose because we're going to let the Word of God speak for itself. You ready to go for a ride together, if we can, please? On a, Proverbs 22, verse 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honour and life. So how does honour come? How does riches, honour and life come? Honour comes from humility and the fear of the Lord. Again, that's a subject that most people have forgotten about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. I said to the Lord, I want to know how to fear you. The Bible says fear, to fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Also, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. To actually hate evil for the same reason that God hates evil. That's the fear of the Lord. And then the fear of the Lord is to actually, God said to me, actually believe everything I've ever said to you in the Word. To actually believe it. One, one scripture says, Jesus says, every word, every, that, that we will all give account. To every word and every action that we ever speak and say and, and do. We will give an account for every word, every idle word. You think it's nothing, but God actually says, you'll give an account for that. Every single person on the planet will stand before Almighty God and give account for everything they've ever said, done, and acted on. 
And then we, all of a sudden, I'm going to fear God. Because if I, if I actually believe I'm going to stand before a holy God and give account of my life, the fear of the Lord is going to start coming. I'm not going to just haphazardly say something. I'm going to think, I'll give account for that. Maybe before people, I won't. Maybe people can't see what I'm doing. God sees what I'm doing. Fear of the Lord brings honor. Honor. Because honor comes from Him. I'm just trying to show us how the Bible says fear comes. Uh, honor comes. Psalms 15 verse 4. He honors them. God honors them that fear the Lord. So when we fear the Lord, He honors us. Do you want God to honor you? It comes when we fear the Lord. Respect Him. That word fear is res- reverentially respect Him. I can't respect someone if I don't really believe everything He says is true and reality. It's more real than what I see and feel and experience here on earth, what God has said. If God said there's a hell and it's eternal and the Bible speaks about it and it's throughout the whole Bible, it does not matter what anyone says, people say, if it's in the Word, then there's a real hell to shun and it's eternity forever. Just believe that, it'll bring fear of the Lord. Just believe it. Actually believe all eternity. Fear of the Lord will start coming onto you. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Can read most of the chapter, but it's found in verse 29 and 30. Eli was a high priest that God anointed his fathers and called his fathers and revealed himself to his fathers. And Eli now is the priesthood of Israel with all his family, there's a whole tribe that are priests. And God rebukes him and corrects him and says, Basically, God says, I honor those who honor me, but if you don't honor me, I won't honor you. And he rebuked him for not correcting his sons. His sons were priests. And at the gateway of the temple, the Bible says they were sleeping with the children of Israel's women. They were sleeping, having sex with them. They were also uh, partaking of the sacrifices, with certain parts of the sacrifices they should, and they were making themselves fat from it. It meant they were prospering of the people and, and abusing the people. And the father, Eli, corrected him about the sexual thing, but still allowed him to do it. In other words, he didn't, he honored them, this is what God said, he Eli honored them more than he honored God. So we dishonor God when we fear people more than God. When we're afraid of what our children say, people say, friends say, other people say, more than God. Jesus said that himself. He goes, how can you have the honor of God if you seek the honor that comes from man and not seek the honor that only comes from God? How can you truly have the honor that comes from God if you're worried about what people think of you too much? And if you want to get set free from people and the fear of people and the fear of what people think of you, you've got to learn to honor Him and respect Him and say, God, I just want to please you. When you please Him properly, you, you, will, autom- you will honor others. It's an automatic byproduct because you actually have honor. You have value. You will honor other people. You following? Saul, King Saul... Actually, where are we up to? Here we are. Uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 2 to 7 talks about Abel and Cain. Abel honored God with his offering and Cain did not. It's really, really clear. And then when you look up the word, Abel gave the first fruits of the animals. That meant when he took that, when animals made you know, babies, da, 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 he took the first fruits and he offered it to God as a sacrifice. It costed him because he doesn't know if they're going to have any more babies. And he said, God, you come first. I honor you and I give this to you first. But Cain doesn't say first fruits. It meant that whatever was left over after he ate from his fruit, after the fruit of the land, and he ate this and he ate that, whatever was left over, he took, okay, God, this will be enough for you. And it wasn't the first fruits. He gives it to God and says, I give it to you. And God didn't honor that. He says, I honored Abel. And Cain was upset that he wasn't honored. 
And God says, look, if you do right, I'll honor you. In other words, you did not honor me. And the reason why he didn't honor, he didn't put God first. If God is valued and honored, that means what he says, I value and honor, and it comes first. I walk in obedience to it. Does it make sense? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Look it up in your Bible. It says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase, so that your barns will be full. Da, 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 da. Now, that's a scripture about tithing, basically. It actually says, Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase. Everything that you ever get increased by God, whatever increase you get, that means birthday money, any type of money, promotion money, inheritance money, anything that comes your way, you say, God, I give this as the first fruits to you. That's honoring. It says, honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of your increase. So you say, God, I honor you so much, I bring this for you. Why? What does God do with the tithe and offering? He uses it to enhance and preach the gospel to bring the kingdom here on earth. He basically spends it back on our well-being, yes, but also the nation's. God doesn't just think about the, the local church. He thinks, go and disciple the nation. So the finances, the money that we bring together in our corporateness is help us preach this gospel to other people that are lost. There's something powerful about God. I trust you. I obey you. You believe the word. If someone, if, I just want to, just for, um, tickle your, it might tickle your, what is it, humor, if I can say it that way. If God said to you, I'll give you $20 million if you give me 10%, who would say yes? Most people say, yeah, absolutely, that's a good deal. Give me $20 million, I'll give you 10%. True? Come on. Yeah. People say, if I win the lottery, I'll, I'll tie 10%. No, you wouldn't. Not if you, tie on, if you don't tie on $100. And if you don't give on $20, you don't give on your normal page, pay, pay, packet, pay check, whatever. If you don't do that now, don't think when you get a million dollars or $20 million that you would do it. It's actually harder to give when you've got $20 million. The wealthier people get, the harder it is for them to actually tithe. You okay with it? You still okay? We're talking about the Word of God. We're talking about honoring God. King Saul, look it up for yourself. This is 1 Samuel chapter 15. And King Saul was told by prophet Samuel, basically, make sure you wipe out the Amalekites. Wipe the whole, whole uh, nation out. All of them, even their animals. You know, the sheep, everyone, all the animals that have, wipe everything out. Cut a long story short, that's the prophet, that's a word from the Lord, from the prophet to do that. It was for a purpose, and we won't go into it now. But the people, because when, when, when he got rebuked by Samuel, he says, what happened? How come you didn't obey? And he goes, I did obey. I did everything you told me to do. I killed everybody. I've got the king here. He's still alive. But the people were saying that if we should keep the sheep and all the animals so that we can sacrifice to the Lord God in the temple. Sounds like a good idea. Why waste it? Let's take all the sheep. That wasn't what God said. God said, wipe everyone out. But the people said, it'll be good to bring the sacrifices and let's give it to God. It sounds spiritual, doesn't it? Bring the sacrifice. We can use it as sacrifices unto the temple of the God. And, 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 and uh, Saul feared the people more than he feared God. He honored the people more than he honored God. And he was rebuked by Samuel. And you know what? God himself, you read the chapter. God himself says, because you did this, I, you didn't honor me, I won't honor you and I'll take your kingship away. He lost the kingship. He lost his calling. God called him to be a king. God called him into that calling. And he lost it because he didn't honor God. He feared people more than God. You see how it's connected to a lot of things, isn't it? It's connected to our value, connected to our revelation, connected to our walk with God. It's connected to our faith in God. You following? 
this speaks to me too. So don't think I'm speaking to you. It, it, it's speaking to me too. I need to also live this word, all right? Second Chronicles uh, is chapter 1 when God says to, God repeat, appears to Solomon in a dream. And he says, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Whatever you want. And what does he ask for? The Bible says he did not ask for wealth, riches, and honor. He didn't ask for it. He asked for wisdom. He said, God, give me the wisdom to take care of your people. That's all I want. And because he didn't ask for wealth, riches, and honor, the Bible says because he didn't ask for it, he, I'll give it to you. So honor is like this. If you look for honor, you search for honor, if you, you're trying to get honor from people, you lose it. It will escape your grasp. Jesus says, he who humbles themselves, what does the Bible say? He will exalt us. But if you exalt yourself and try to get praise and honor from people, what happens? You get humbled. I will humble you. And, and, he, and he, Jesus says, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. But if you lose your life, for my sake, you'll find it. Can you see how the kingdom works? If I lay down my life for people, and I, don't, I get the very thing, I, I lay down my life to help people, love people. That's the nature of love. You serve people, and it looks like you're laying down your life. You're denying yourself. You're denying flesh. You deny, and you lay down your life, and you get life. Deny yourself, you get life. Humble yourself, you get exalted. But if you try to humble, you know, those people, uh, Proverbs says, um, eight, is it, where are we? Proverbs, Proverbs, where are you? Um, it says, let another man praise you, not your own lips. You know that scripture? I think it's Proverbs 27. Let another man praise you, not your own lips. Have you ever come across those people that all they do is talk about themselves? And praise, praise, praise and they, they, I'm this and I'm that and I can do this and I can do this and God did this and God did this. And, the Bible says, let another man, pray. if you do that because you want praise and you want honor, you'll lose it. You'll lose the respect and honor. Let someone else praise. Let someone else honor you with their lips. You don't have to do it. Now, there's times we have to share testimony to build faith, to encourage, 100%. I, I believe that's so important. We need to share, but it's to give glory to God. All right. All righty. Humility comes before honor, the Bible says. Proverbs 18, 12. Humility comes before honor. You want to walk in honor? Humility comes before honor. Learn to humble yourself. That's why Jesus says, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Proverbs says, that's in um, Proverbs 18, 12. Humility comes before honor. One of the great commandments of the Bible, as we said, God had said, honor your mother and your father. That's in Exodus 20, verse 12. Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. It's in Ephesians 6, verse 1. Honor your mom and dad. Honor your parents. Honor your mother and father so that it go well with you. Now, this is an interesting one. In the, in the, in the New Testament, it says, Honor your um, parents as is fitting in the Lord. As is, as is fitting in the Lord. So as you're a child, obviously you have to obey your parents completely because they, that, that's protection. When you're five years old, three years old, you totally obey them. Now, when you grow up to become an adult, how do you honor parents? Does honor mean, does honor spell be 100% obedient to them? I don't believe so. But you can still honor them. Like when I first became a Christian and I came home and I said, Mom, guess what? I've become a Christian. What? Oh, be, be careful. Don't change the religion. You know, she's scared. She thought I was changing my religion and something's wrong. And I said, Mom, all I'm doing is following the Bible. And, and if I asked her at that point, Mom, should I not follow this? She would have said, no, don't, whatever you do, because of fear. And I had to obey God there, didn't I? If your parents, when you're adults and they try, you know, your parents for some reason try to, I don't know, say, oh, you should lie on your taxes so you make more money. 
then I think you've got a right to say, no, I can't do that, Mark. I won't do that, Dad. Or if your boss asks you to lie, I believe you have the freedom and right to say, no, I cannot lie over this. If you need me to lie, you'd have to ask somebody else to do that. I can't do that. My conviction tells me I can't do that. I believe you have a, the right to disobey people in authority if they ask you to do something that's clearly wrong from the Word of God. Does that make sense? There are some countries in the world right now, and I'll say it online, it's fine, <laughs> is that they, you can't convert someone. You're not, it's against the law to convert someone to Jesus Christ, to bring Jesus, to preach the gospel in any way. So what do you do? do you just, oh, well, the Bible says obey your authority. It does. It says honor your, those that are in authority, actually. Honor those that are in authority. So I can honor them and, and disobey correctly. Remember the book of Acts apostles? They had to, they told them, don't preach this gospel, don't preach this name, don't preach anything about Jesus anymore. And they're the people in authority, Pharisees, leaders of those, of those, of those days. And they says, what is right, to obey God or man? We must obey God. And they kept preaching the gospel, kept preaching about Jesus and his resurrection. And when they got busted or got caught and thrown in jail and got whipped, they walked away going, we rejoice that we suffered for shame for his name. They rejoiced with a good attitude. They didn't speak against the government. You can't find that in the Bible anywhere. They spoke against, against, they spoke against the government. Jesus never spoke against the government. Never. You can't find it. You're following? So there's a way to disobey and yet honor them. When I became a Christian, my mom and dad were, were saying, oh, Leo, get a job. I said, I'm studying the Bible. I'm studying. I, I gave myself full time to study the Bible because I knew I was called to the ministry. My mom would go, get a job, Leo. You need to get a job. And, and you know, hours at night I'm wait, uh, studying and the lights are on. And dad would say, turn it off. You're wasting electricity. And, and so I was disobeying them because of God's call on my life. If I asked them, mom, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to get a job and not follow the call of God? She would say, yes, just find a job. No respect to mum, but that's where she was at at that point. I believe with all my heart, if Jesus asked his mother, Mary, Mary didn't understand the fullness of what he was doing on the cross. And if he asked her, Mary, should I die for the sins of humanity? She'd no, I don't understand it. No. If he got her opinion, I don't believe he would have went to the cross. He knew what he was doing for the sins of humanity. I'm just trying to help us understand we still walk with respect. We still walk in honor. You don't have to have a screaming match. You don't have to fight them. You don't have to speak bad about people in authority when, the, you know, like you, you've had an inclina- uh, a confrontation with someone in authority. You don't go around and talk to someone else bad about them. Just don't do it. Respect with your mouth. Honor. Matthew 15, really quickly. We're gonna, got a bit of time left. Matthew 15, verse 1. Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus. Remember, these guys are religious, right? Why do you, this is what they said, why do you disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they do not wash their hands. Look how petty this is. They don't wash their hands before they eat bread. They're trying to catch Jesus. They're trying to trap him. And if Jesus thought, if Jesus answered, this is the reason why we don't wash our hands, he would have lowered himself to their criticism, their judgmental attitude, their attack on him. He didn't even go there. Think of the question. Why do your disciples transgress? They go against the traditions of the elders. Not the traditions of the Word of God. The elders of a tradition, you don't eat unless you wash. How can your disciples be from God if they don't keep the traditions? And look what Jesus says. He just answers. He doesn't answer the question. He gives them a question. 
and this is a strong slap back in the face, by the way. Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your traditions? In other words, you're talking about some, a man-made rule. Why do you transgress the commandment of God with your traditions? And he says, for God commanded us to, God commanded saying, honor your mother and father. And he who curses his father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, this is what the, the culture of the day was, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift given to God. In other words, I've dedicated my life to God. Then he need not honor his father and mother. They started saying, we don't have to honor our mother and father because we've dedicated our life to God's work. And they, their traditions made them not obey the word of God. And he says, um, then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. The commandment of God, no effect. And in Mark 7 verse 13, it says, Making the word of God of none effect through your traditions, which you have delivered. The word none effect means powerless. You make the word of God powerless because of your traditions. You don't even obey the word. So how do you honour God if you've got traditions that don't allow us to obey the word anymore? Does that make sense? Jesus hit him straight back strongly. Jesus is quite strong with the religious leaders. You know that. King David was a man of honor. He knew how to respect people. The Bible says uh, in, in, in um, Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 29 verse 28, King David died a good old age full of days with riches and honor. Why does the Bible say with riches and honor? It's like the Bible wanted us to know that King David walked in honor all the days of his life and he died with honor. Why did he die with honor? Because he understood honor. And one time, he, um, uh, the son, he found out the grandson of King Saul was still alive. He was, a, he was a man now, by now. He's the son of Jonathan. Remember, he had a strong covenant with Jonathan, strong friendship with Jonathan. And he had a strong brotherly love, a covenant with God. And they just, I mean, Jonathan should have been the next king. But Jonathan supported King David to be the king. He should have been the next king. So he humbles himself and goes, no, I know you're the anointed one. They had a bond. And so out of honor to his relationship with Jonathan, when he found out his son was still alive, it was a little, as a little boy, he was picked up by a servant running away from a war, fell, broke his neck. He was crippled all his life. And when he found out about, his name was Methibosheth. I don't even know how to say it. David said, find that guy, bring him to me, and give him all the land of Saul. King Saul's land inheritance, all that, get that, give it to him. Put it in his name, and he's going to eat in my table. As one of my sons, as a king. He honored him because of his relationship with his father. There were times where King Saul, you know, David was anointed to be the king. You know that. Samuel, Samuel puts the oil of anointing and says, you're the next king. But while he was serving under King Saul, there were times where King Saul was missing it altogether and really losing it. And he would get, he would get a, a spear and throw it at David to try to hit him. And David would dodge it. What a perfect opportunity. You threw the first spear. Who do you think you are? And he, David could have, but he never did. He could have. You threw a javelin. You, you, you tried to take me out. So when people attack you, honor looks like you don't pick it up. You don't pick it up. And you think, well, i got a right because they're attacking me. Even if it's lies and even if you've got truth, you don't have to fight. Bang, attack. Because honor means oh, I'm going to honor them. I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. We're, we're, we're fighting against principalities. So sometimes we think, but we got a right because they attacked first. They, 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 they threw that. He was being hunted like a dog by King Saul. You know that. Out in the wilderness. Hiding in caves. 
A whole army was trying to get David. If they could catch David, they would have killed him. And there was a time where David went into the cave and King Saul was sleeping at night time. Cuts the edge of his garment. Cuts it off. Could have killed him, but didn't. Didn't even think of it. He goes, I would not touch the, the Lord's anointed. And he takes the hem and walks away on the other side of the hill. He says, King Saul, something like favoured of God. He says, look what I have in my hand. Look at your garment. Look. He realised David had an opportunity to take me out and he didn't. See, I serve you. See, I love you. And he's trying to say, I'm not the villain here. I'm not, you know, you're trying to kill me. And, he, and he got convinced, I'm so sorry. So repents and says, sorry. But he goes, hunt him again. Happened twice. Next time he took something from the, the, in the cave, he took something to show him, look, I had the opportunity again. But he never would. To me, that's honour. It's knowing how to respect and honour people. Dougley Daniel, who came from South Africa, he's one of the guys that we were in partnership with at NCMI team. He was attacked when he came to this nation. He says, I would never tell my story. If I tell my side of the story, he says, publicly, people will know that, like, basically, I don't want to put that person down. So he wouldn't ever justify his, his place, even though he was attacked publicly. And that's a man of honour. That's a man of humility. And I can follow someone like that. The Bible says a righteous person will be exalted with honour. Living in righteousness brings honour. But I, I wrote down Proverbs 6 verse 32, honour can be lost overnight through unrighteousness. True? If you great men of God, great women of God fall into sin, they lose honour instantly because it's connected to righteousness unless they repent, of course. There's so many more things I wanted to talk about. Jesus with his mother at the wedding, remember? And Jesus says to, I mean, sorry, Mary says to uh, Jesus, Jesus, right at the end of the wedding, they used to feast for two, three days. And they, hey, they've run out of wine, Jesus. Do something. And what does Jesus say? Woman, why, why are you coming to me? It's not my time yet. So he would have checked with the Lord. It's, it's not my time to, to be revealed, to do miracles, to, to, to manifest his glory. It's not my time. And what does Mary do? Mary says to the servants, hey, servants, just Mary as a mother, yes, I don't know what's on my son, Jesus. I know, I know he was a virgin. I was virgin and he was born. I know he's the son of God. There's something special on him. He hasn't done a miracle yet. There's something on his life. Tells the servants, whatever he wants you to do, just do it. What was that? Honor. She honored Jesus so much so that it pulled out of Jesus something that was meant for the future. It wasn't the right time. Jesus goes, not my time yet. But she said to the people around her, just do whatever he says. And so he must have checked with the Lord. Lord, what do you think? And the honour pulled it out of him. And the Lord said, yes. So he wasn't lying here. Everything he heard to do, he goes, no, it's not my time. But when she pulls out and honours him, she brings out of the future something that God was saying, that's not ready yet, but the honour. Honour brings out the gifts in us. Jesus could not do mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. In Nazareth, and why did they just why did they have unbelief? The Bible says that everyone was marveling at his gracious words when, they were, when he was preaching in Nazareth, and it says that um, that everyone bore witness. They all bore witness. We've never felt this before. We never sensed the presence of God like this. Four hundred years of silence. The prophets from Old Testament, no one spoken for four hundred years. But when Jesus speaks, His words they are spirit and they are life. We can feel something, sense something, and someone got up and go. But isn't that the carpenter's son? 
um, doesn't his brothers live with us? We know his brothers. Dun, 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 dun. And his sisters, aren't they all with us? They brought it down. They put a wet blanket on and they just said, isn't he just the carpenter's son? Not the son of God, carpenter's son. And the Bible says they got offended with him. Just the carpenter's son. And because of that, the son of the living God could not do mighty miracles there except pray for a few people and heal them. I don't know about you, but if I was Jesus, I'd think, man, if you understood what I'm carrying, every single person could be healed. I've got the Spirit of God without measure. If you just honour me, I can flow with the power of God. Sometimes I think, Jesus, you're really gracious. He's very patient and very gracious. When He healed the the man that was demonised in Gethsemane, what is it? No, not Gethsemane. Um, Anyway, there's a town. Uh, the Gadarats, somewhere, it's, it's in the Galilee area. And when he heals that person, they kicked him out of the area. Remember the, the pigs? 2,000 pigs went down and drowned themselves, committed suicide because the demons went into them. When all the people came out, the town came out, the Bible says they, they, they were so full of fear, he says, get out of here. And he got into the boat and left. If I was the son of God, you realize what I've got? You realize what I'm carrying? I've got the anointing. I can heal you. But he knows they're not respecting, not honoring Nothing's going to happen. I'm going. Same with Nazareth. But there were places every single person got healed. Jesus says, only in your own hometown, a man is not without, a prophet is, not, is without honor. And then he uses the story of Elijah. Remember, widows were there. None of them got healed. Except the widow out of, out of Israel. Naaman, there's lots of lepers in Israel. When Elijah was there, none of them got healed. But Naaman. He's saying, if you honor, right here, right now, guys, online, there are people in this church, every single one of you have special gifts from God. And every one of us, let's say God has an answer in David for Sam. God has an answer in Danny for Tony. An answer to your prayer, an answer to your breakthrough, an answer is anointing, there's a gifting, there's something in all of us. But if we don't respect and honor each other, you can't pull the gift out of them. Does it make sense? So yes, it's towards elders. Yes, it's towards leaders. Yes, it's towards uh, leadership. It's towards government. It's towards our parents. You know, we we respect and honor people in authority, 100%. But it's also honoring God in us. Because Jesus says, the believer shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But if you think, oh, that's just so, that's just so and so. It's just, can can you hear this? We need to honor this word. Just write it down, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Read the whole chapter because Peter says, we saw the majesty of God. We went to the mountain of transfiguration with Jesus. We were there when God the Father gave Jesus great glory and honour when He spoke from the cloud and He said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We felt the presence of God. Moses and Elijah showed up. He's basically saying, we were there when God said, this is Jesus, the Son, my Son who I am well pleased. And He goes, we were there, but... There's a more sure word of prophecy than even being in an encounter with God. What's the more sure word of prophecy? The the, the prophetic words that have been written. Read it. That's what it says. It says this word that's not inspired, not written by man, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. How how much do we honour this? That God had this written for us. I'm saying let's honour what's in the word. Let's respect it. Let's honour it. If my life has to change, which it does all the time, to align, align itself with this, we do it. 
Amen? That's what it takes for a people of God that's going to honour King Jesus. I'm telling you, when we love one another like this, and we honour one another like this, the world will go, wow. They'll know that we're His disciples by the love that we have one another. Love and honour work together. And a leader, a parent, a father, a pastor, or any leader, even a boss, cannot, and this, this is what kingdom honour looks like, we cannot demand submission from you. We cannot demand honour from you. It's impossible. We, we walk in the light. We, we lead you to the degree that you submit to the Lord Jesus and to the degree that you submit to and trust us. That's how we can lead you. That's godly leadership. Never manipulation, never control, never frets, never. You'll never hear out of my mouth frets. Never. You might hear warning like if you walk in disobedience, then the consequence, that's different. But I'll never threat. Amen? Hope you hope this is hope you understand it because God wants us to grow up. But it's not gonna happen until you realize you're fully honored by God. You're already seated at the highest place of honor in the universe. You really are. We just gotta believe it and walk out of that honor. Just say, God, we've got so much honor to give, I don't have to look for it. I've got honor, I'm just gonna give it. And some of us need healing because you've been dishonored, you've been hurt, you've been neglected, you've been abused. But again, it doesn't come from parents. It doesn't come from brothers. It doesn't come from friends. This comes from God. Amen? Come and pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, when we read the word that we, uh, even now, stirred with faith to go to the scriptures and to meditate and to fellowship with you, Holy Spirit, and to receive this revelation intimately by ourselves with you. You would speak to us about honor. This is not just a one-off thing, but it'll be ongoing to the day you come back. Jesus, we honor you. We know you're the soon coming king, the judge of the earth. We know that you're coming back to this planet. You're coming back to rule and reign from Jerusalem and for a thousand years of peace on this earth. And then for all eternity, a city of God's going to come to the earth. Lord, we thank you. Magnificent Jesus, the king of all kings. We honor your word. And therefore, through that, Lord, we believe it. We ask for healing right now. Father, just let your Holy Spirit, there's angels right around, walking around. They're honoring this word and they're ministering to them that are heirs of salvation. Let the angels minister right now. God's touching people's hearts. God's healing your heart. Incidences are even coming to mind. Things that happened to you when you were a child, they're coming to mind. God's saying, I'm healing it. Just let him heal you. Let him heal you. Thank you for honor, Lord. Respect, honor comes from you help us to have it so we can give it God come Lord bring healing to us healing to our emotions and we steal the voice of the enemy right now of insecurity we steal the voice of the enemy when it comes to uh, dishonor and worthlessness and always trying to just the enemy tries to speak to some of you about your worthlessness your worth you're not worthy you're not worthy you're not worthy look you've done this and just condemnation God says stop now a demon stop in the name of Jesus I command you to release God's people in the name of Jesus be released from that lie right now as you believe the truth that lie has no right over your life has no authority over your life in Jesus name 
listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.